Tackling your business's finance to-dos can be daunting enough without being slowed down by QuickBooks. More like slow books. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one financial system, no matter how big your business grows. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow. All in one place. Special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite right now. That's NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Are you ready for a change? A change is gonna do you good. Hey there, I'm Pavlina Asta. First of all, welcome to my newest project, If God Had a Podcast. I started in radio when I was 11 years old interviewing celebrities, and I am so excited for this new chapter. If God Had a Podcast is all about improving you for a better us. That's my plan. Welcome to another episode of If God Had a Podcast. Today I am joined with religious fundamentalist and TED speaker, author, community rabbi, and former hitchhiker, Rabbi Yonason Goldson. How are you doing? I'm wonderful, Pavlina. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I am so excited to talk to you. So I wanted to start uh, with a political issue that I was totally shocked by and not in a bad way, but you surprised me. So you are a supporter of Kanye West for president. I would love to know why. (laughs) I just want to know more about this. Well, uh, that's overstating my position a little bit. Okay. Um, It's not so much that I'm for Kanye as I'm against being forced to choose between two candidates that that I find are are simply unacceptable. And and I I felt the same way in the previous election. Uh, I simply could not choose between the options I was Mm -hmm. being offered. And and I think that, you know, it's it's a problem that we face because a two-party system makes a lot of sense. Uh, For instance, in Israel... There was an election a few years ago where there were 56 parties running. That's right. a little bit, uh, a lot. A little bit chaotic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I think by the next election, they, they, they trimmed it down to 29. And so if you're paying attention to Israel, they, they had to go through elections three times and almost still didn't come up with, with a government. So the two-party system makes sense. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, um, we have been getting choices that are... Of, of all the possible, I mean, there are a lot of good people out there. Yes, a lot of smart, well-abled people, absolutely. Yeah, and and the choices we're being faced with are just so depressing and so disappointing. And and I frankly refuse to, to be pushed into a situation where I have to choose a candidate that I absolutely cannot support. So yeah. when Kanye declared, I said, hey, <laughs> you know, even if he doesn't run, even if he doesn't win, even if I don't particularly believe that he is the best candidate for the job, simply having a a visible third option is something that I think is worth celebrating. Absolutely. And I I felt the same way in 2016. I still feel the same way. I don't know what, why Joe Biden, like that, I don't know. None of it makes any sense to me, but I'm glad you clarified. And actually, I agree with you with that because that is just such a struggle. And like, I have always been so patriotic and I've always been so excited to vote. Like when I finally turned 18, um, which was actually in 2016, 
I was uh, not exactly ecstatic <laughs> in um in being able to vote. It was sort of like a okay, I guess we're going to do this. But I thought it'd be a little bit more exciting. I thought I would really be passionate about one of the candidates, and and I wasn't. So <laughs> it um it, yeah, and, and, it and even when be... you are, I mean, you, you took me back just now to to 1980, which is the first election I voted in. Yeah. And, and I I voted for Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. and I was so excited. Oh yeah. I, mean, I thought he was just the greatest candidate. Ever. And, you know, I think he turned out to be a very good president. Mm-hmm. But I was disappointed in the sense that, you know, the promises that he made were not promises that he was able to keep. And you know, to, to have a to cut taxes, to have a stronger military and to balance the budget, it just sounded so great. Of course. When he presented it. And I got I got very um, uh, jaded. Uh, I didn't I didn't vote third. I didn't vote to pri- uh, for either party again. For, for decades. Yeah, um, I bet. I actually, and, I registered myself when I was um, getting ready to vote and everything as an independent. I was just like, I don't really like choosing a side. Y'all seem, y'all all seem crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it really ties in with, with the topic I'm very passionate about, which is bringing ethics into our personal professional lives, mm-hmm. because ethics is all about dealing with complicated situations. Absolutely. It, it's nice and, and, and comforting to think, well, it's either black or white. But life is so much more complicated than that. And we do ourselves a disservice if we don't grapple with that complexity. Absolutely. So I would actually like to go into that. I had a couple other questions I wanted to ask you about, like millennials and Gen Zs, you know, and just like this changing world. But I would love to touch on the ethics of everything that's going on right now. So as far as, you know, the police brutality that we're facing, Black Lives Matter, um, which I think ha- it, it's such a complex um, situation all in itself but what are your thoughts on all of this as far as like tearing down history i know this is a very broad question but as far as tearing down history and you know wanting to destroy different things and then just everything that's going on right now what are your thoughts on all of this uh in having a mindset in the ethical in the ethical standpoint oh my goodness there's just so much we can talk about (laughs) i know (laughs) Uh, when you said that i was like oh boy here we go open the floodgates yeah um, and, you know, I, I can certainly understand that statues celebrating Southern heroes is going to be painful mm-hmm. uh, to many blacks and, and should be you know, disturbing in many ways. On the other hand, while the South was fighting for slavery, mo- I think most Southerners, at least many Southerners, were fighting for what they believed was loyalty to, loyalty to their homeland right. and for their culture and for their way of life and for their perception that the North was trying to impose its power on them. I don't know if the average Southerner who went out to war in the Civil War was thinking primarily about slavery, may have been thinking much more about the integrity of their culture and loyalty to their to their friends and neighbors and, and uh you know, statesman. Mm -hmm. And so to look at a Southern hero as somebody who is only representative of the institution of slavery is is missing a a much more complex view of who that person is. And the challenge for us is preserving history, appreciating the complexities of history, while not endorsing an institution that now we all agree was evil 
and, and, and needed to be uprooted. And there really are no simple solutions to complex problems. That's what an ethical mindset is all about. It's training ourselves to be sensitive to there being sometimes two legitimate ways of looking at the same issue and not really being able to resolve those two different perspectives. Absolutely. So is it how do we, how do we come to solutions in such a, you know, divided time like this? Like what would your suggestion be in order to come to some sort of compromise? That's going to be a long process, but it really comes down to conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really comes down to listening. This is a theme that I talk about in my TED Talk, that if we don't listen to each other, we can't possibly understand each other. But more fundamentally, we can't understand ourselves. Absolutely. Because I'm not just an individual living in isolation. I'm a member of a society. I'm a member of a community. And I have to understand how I fit in to a society with other people. And the only way I can do that is if I actually try to understand where other people are coming from. You know, if, if I um, have a position and I only discuss my position with people who listen to me, who, who, who think like I do, who agree with me already, mm-hmm. then I'm never going to discover whether there's more to the issue than what I already think. But if I make the effort to seek out people who come from a different point of view and I, I do them the service of listening to them, and then I explain back to them what they've said so that they know that I've heard them and that they now trust my good intentions. Now we can start to work together to find common ground and to make progress in solving our problems. Absolutely. I just think that a lot of people aren't listening right now. I think they're just sort of yelling. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Or, yeah. So I think it's going to take some time because I think there's a lot of healing that needs to happen. And that's why they're yelling. And it's just kind of like two sides are just sort of like yelling at brick walls and it's just like no one's listening, you know? So um, I agree with you on the fact that it's going to take some time and I, I hope it it happens <laughs> eventually and in a, a very, you know, nice way <laughs> and everything. But yeah, and that feeds into the, the two yeah. party issue that we were talking about before, because my party's right. Your party's wrong. Right. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> it doesn't matter which side we're on. We're just yeah. going to keep beating our heads against each other. I know, and nothing gets accomplished that way. Like, there's no, there's no benefit on either side because you're just turning down every single thing that they offer up. You know, because like, they're not even listening. They don't even want to compromise in a sense. And I am such a compromise kind of person. I'm like, I don't like conflict. I don't like any of it. So it just stresses me out. Um, so that's why I'm like, I just want it to be nice. I just, I want everyone to get along. You know, so I, but I definitely think there's going to be some. Uh, some time and just some more yelling until we finally get to a place where people are willing to feel each other out and kind of, and listen, actually. So, yeah. And one of the things that we have to recognize is that it's possible to compromise without compromising your values. Absolutely. Yes. I can believe, I can believe passionately in, in my ideals mm-hmm. and in my principles. And I could still recognize that you may be coming from a different place right. and that I have to live in a society with people who have lots of different ideas and, you know, in psychology, this is called um, cognitive dissonance. You're sort of yes. holding two ideas in your head that don't go together or compartmentalization. So, yes, I believe firmly and passionately in my beliefs, but I can still respect you for your sincerity and for your integrity. And, and we, can, we can live together and function together. 
Right. And I actually appreciate when someone disagrees with me because then it opens up this conversation that we can have. And then we end up finding very, you know, we have similarities in a lot of our different beliefs. So I think there's something beautiful in that. Um, but it, it takes a while in order to get to that point, I think. So, yeah, but, there's a phrase called uh, constructive disagreement. Ah, okay. That's yes. Exactly what you just said. <laughs> oh, good. We learn so much more when we talk to people we don't agree with. In fact, it's even good for our brains. Mm -hmm. it, it, they say it's, it's the best way of forestalling the, um, the the issues of dementia and Alzheimer's. And that's something you have to worry about yet, but I'm I'm a little older. <laughs> and um, you know, the, to talk to people who have different points of view stimulates our brain and and actually keeps our, our thinking healthier and our minds healthier. Oh, I believe that. I've I've always heard about you know doing puzzles and learning different languages to help with that as well. Um, but it's it just is it's more interesting too. I think when you know you disagree with and you stay in your bubble, you, like that's when you're never learning. It's not as exciting and and you just don't grow from that. But um, kind of going back to millennials and Gen Zs, so this you know country and actually our world has just changed dramatically in the last six months and. Gen Zs, along with millennials, um, you know, the second largest and youngest generations on the planet are suffering mentally, financially, across the board. Um, it's just a struggle for them. So even spirituality is a big factor. Um, so what do you see as the first, you know, first of all, the difference between religion in generation, like Generation Z and millennials? Because Generation Zs, as far as I've noticed, are a lot more spiritual than, than millennials. And I think they've just kind of seen so much and they've gone through so much, they, they sort of want that higher power. That's an interesting question. Um, you know, I grew up in California. And when I went to college, I was involved with people. And we considered ourselves very, very spiritual, even though most of us were not particularly religious. And... When I, uh, after I graduated college, I went and I went hitchhiking across country. I went backpacking across Europe. I ended up in Israel. Wow. And that's when I connected with my Jewish roots, which uh, I really knew nothing about. I'd been raised completely secular. And I never would have imagined that I would end up uh, as, a, as an Orthodox Jew or much less an Orthodox rabbi. But what I found there was a vibrant, culture of tremendous thought and tremendous sincerity and and focus on on higher values and higher purpose and i think one of the one of the challenges that we face today and i think young people in particular face today is that organized religion has gotten a bad rap mm -hmm. and some of it for good reason i mean so many scandals and right. so many disappointments with religious leaders and so many double standards and so much superficiality, it's very difficult for young people to not feel that the whole religious structure is compromised and is hypocritical. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why you have to seek out, and this is true in really any aspect of life, you want to be good at anything, find a mentor. Right. You want to learn about something, Find someone who really knows it, really practices is it, and really lives it, and, and discover that the structure of traditional religion can be very freeing, because when you have structure in your life, then you're not devoting so much time and thought to trying to figure out everything and deal with everything 
uh, as it comes to you. You have you have structure, you have discipline, and ultimately what you have is a higher sense of purpose. And I believe that purpose is the is the secret of success and the secret of happiness. Absolutely, um, and I think there's this whole thing on. You know, you have to do everything by yourself. And that is just like so scary. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, you, you have to find yourself. You got to do all this stuff yourself. And like to just be in this world totally alone is, I think, terrifying. So to have, like you said, a higher purpose, you know, to find that is such a wonderful thing. Um, I agree with you. I think that's amazing. Uh, but it's it's hard. The point that you're making that that, that community is so yes. important to our well-being. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I was literally just doing a TV hit on this um, where I was talking about how Generation Zs, the reason they want to be more spiritual and the reason they're trying to like get into this world and everything just to understand it more so than millennials because millennials were not interested in in religion or spirituality really whatsoever um is they want that sense of community they want some sort of because like social media isn't doing it for them you know if anything i think a lot of people have felt like they have some sort of connection and community on social media but for the most part we're very separated from it. You you end up comparing yourselves. You end up, you know, thinking you're not good enough or you don't look good enough or it's all like very material and it's very um, like superficial and which is what I don't really love about it. But um, it's just sort of like you show people what you want to see, whereas, you know, the Generation Zs kind of want to go that step further and they really want to have some sort of community that can like embrace them and understands them and they can like talk things through. So. Yeah. And in my in my coaching, I I, I say that we're all addicts. Yes, well, we're all addicted oh, to the status quo. <laughs> and and how do you get out of your addictions? You need a recovery program, so I have a 12-step ethical recovery program. But the second step of any 12-step program is recognized as a power greater than yourself. Yes. And, you know, whether it's religion, whether it's some sense, again, of purpose, of meaning, you know, not just making money, not just having a job, not just going through the motions of life, but thinking about what is my unique contribution that I can make to make the world better. Mm-hmm. Because when we make the world better, we make ourselves better. Absolutely. And when we make ourselves better, we make the world better. And having that sense of purpose and mission and focus is what enables us to go through life in a way that's ultimately fulfilling. Absolutely. So do you think we're migrating, you know, in kind of like a living being like towards Buddhism? Because I, I, that's what I kind of see. Um, in just, you know, social media and my friends who I talk to and everything. So do you think we're kind of migrating to that, like, living being like Buddha um, instead of actually, like, a fundamental religion? Well, I was very enamored with with Buddhism and Zen when I was in college. Not Mm -hmm. that I studied it in any great depth, but I liked that idea that we're all interconnected. Right. We're all parts of a great spiritual organism. And that's not inconsistent with more traditional Western religions. We believe that in Judaism, that every single human being, um, that our souls are somehow extensions of the first man or the first woman woman who were created in in the Garden of Eden. So you don't have to go to Buddhism for that. But I think that there is that draw that why do we feel that we always need something more than what we have? I mean, that's the human right, condition, isn't that's it? true. We're never satisfied. We're never fulfilled. We're never happy with our situation. And that's because our souls are longing for more. 
than we can get in a physical world. But when we commit ourselves and we focus ourselves on that higher purpose, then that does produce a kind of fulfillment. It does produce a kind of happiness, which is, which is more than what I have. It's really what I am doing with my life mm -hmm. and what I am all about, because that's what gives us a sense of fulfillment from day to day to day to day. Right. And sort of that gratitude, you know, because I think in today's world, we are never like, like you said, we're never satisfied and there's always better options out there. <laughs> so, you know, what I mean? why would I settle for one thing when I could have this, this and this or I can talk to this person, this person, this person. So nothing's ever good enough because we just have everything at our fingertips. But um, what would you say to before we kind of like wrap up, what would you say to, you know, a young person that is struggling with never being satisfied with something or, you know, maybe they don't have a higher self, a higher power, whatever that is to them, um, and they're just, like, not satisfied with anything. Well, I think you said it very well just a moment ago, that, that we have so much opportunity and so much potential that we don't realize that the only way you ever fulfill your potential is to give up other potential. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my rabbis likes to, to illustrate it this way. If you, if you have a, a three- or four-year-old kid, you give them an ice cream cone, and then you hand them another ice cream cone. Now they have an ice cream cone in each hand. And now you offer them a third ice cream cone. What's going to happen? They're going to dissolve in a pool of tears and ice cream. <laughs> yes. Right? They, they, they can't understand that they can't have it all. And so they don't even enjoy what they have because right. they're too busy being upset that they can't have more. And, and that's a big problem today. The more opportunities we have in the world with technology and with with uh, you know, a global uh, economy and, and all of these opportunities that we just sort of have to reach out. You can take whatever you want, but if I take one thing, then it means I can't have something else. And what we really have to do is, is be disciplined in identifying what am I good at? Right. What am I passionate about? And what can earn me a living? And I think and they all I kind of follow find, each other. Well, there, there's, there's going to be some overlap and some, some not overlap. Right. But where you can find the point where those intersect, that's the place to devote your energy. And that's where you're most likely to find success. I love that. Uh, well, on that note, Rabbi Yonason Goldson, thank you so much for joining me on If God Had a Podcast. I really enjoy talking to you, and I would actually love to talk to you again. I think this was a lot of fun. Oh, I'd be delighted to join you anytime, Lorena. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to If God Had a Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, share. You can reach me at on all of the socials at Pavlina Asta. And until next time, be a better you for a better us. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.